baby, you are gonna go broke showing turkeys like these. It's turkey time. Come on, come on. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Let's Talk Turkeys. I'm your host, Movie Miss, and we are going to be jumping right back in to part two of our discussion of the movie The First Power. When we last were here, the cop that had been tailing Tess ended up dead. He was strung up under an overpass. Logan's superiors took him off the case because they thought he was cracking up. (laughs) He kind of agrees with them and says, yeah, I need to step back. You're right. So let's jump right back into the action on this first offering in spooky season 2023, The First Power. (laughs) Later, Logan goes to a church, a Catholic church, and into a confession booth. He tells the priest about his personal issues over his dad's death, his relationship with religion, and eventually asks if possession is possible. Does the father think possession is possible? The priest says yes, but then he turns to Channing and says he has to ask him a question. (laughs) And then it's Channing's voice and he goes, how's the stomach, buddy boy? And then a knife just goes whizzing through right by Logan's head. And I was like, really, movie? <laughs> I I mean, I like the scene a lot because I love scenes in churches and stuff. That's always cool to me. But the smart ass of me kicked in when you're getting the shot of the, the priest in the confessional. And I immediately went, holy shit, this looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi right now. So Logan jumps up and sees that nobody is in that booth next to him. He gets out his gun. He's looking around. And then he sees Channing dressed like a priest, striking the Christ on the cross crucifixion pose, like up on this stage area. Channing then leaps over Logan way high up and out a stained glass window, much like the ones from Rawhead Rex. (laughs) These are beautiful stained glass windows. Now, did you catch when he was doing the Christ-like pose? Did you catch the sound effects? that was going on where it almost sounded like the church was crowded and like people were kind of like heckling and making sounds and stuff like that. Yes. I thought that was really fucking cool. That was just like really, it may almost feel like the church itself was possessed. Super effective. I thought, yes. So Logan goes out the window, makes chase down an alley, then into a street and then into a skid row looking motel. (laughs) It looks like it's on skid row somewhere. I literally wrote in the notes, this must be a drug hotel. (laughs) Right? Just the lobby full of bums. It looks dirty, dingy, and small, and the the air conditioning's not working. Like, it just looks so gross and grimy. Grimy, that's my favorite word for stuff like that. I I immediately pictured, like, is it it such a, like, well-done upper-class drug hotel to where they have, like, a crackhead walking around with, like, a platter of, like, drugs just being like, oh, would you like some crack today? Oh, my God. Would you like some crack with your cheese and wine? So Logan goes upstairs and Tess appears suddenly at the end of the hall and yells his name and distracts him. Channing comes out of a door with an ax and buries it quickly right in Logan's head. And then all of a sudden we cut to Tess at a department store dropping a perfume bottle. So I guess that was a vision she had of that happening. Yeah, which was kind of cool, but I think it would have been it would have been better if they could have dragged it out a little bit more because it, it swiped over so quickly that you instantly knew like, oh, okay, it's a vision. Where if they would have dragged it out, then it could have been like, oh, shit, did they just kill the main character? What's going on here? Agreed. That was a missed opportunity. So she runs off 
And then we cut to that same motel. Logan is there inside and he gets to the door and Tess comes running up for real. She took a cab and got there. She yells his name and he gets the axe misses him. Channing comes out and he's able to dodge, (laughs) not get hit. They tussle and Logan's down. Tess manages to squeak past Channing by showing him a pentagram pendant, like putting it in his face, much like you would a a cross to a vampire. (laughs) It works. She gets around him. Which that confuses me because, okay, he's supposed to be evil. There's obviously some kind of satanic, yeah, like some kind of satanic pack here. (laughs) Why is it showing the pentagram is going to, you know, distract him or get him away? It's like, that's... That's like showing me fried chicken. It's like, it's not going to like, oh, I'm going to gobble the fried chicken up. I'm not going to. You're not like, going to oh, repel no. me. I'm going to put it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The first plower. <laughs> oh my God. This could be such a great bad porno. I want to see it so bad now. <laughs> so just as they are able to take off, Channing jumps up, takes a, okay, this bothers me in this movie that is so horrible. I love it anyway. And I forgive everything. I can't forgive this this is the one horribly egregious thing to me he grabs a ceiling fan an old school ceiling fan rips it out of the ceiling turns it to face them and turns it on it's the blades are whizzing around and he's chasing them down the hall with it like he's gonna cut them with it or something i don't know cool them off (laughs) It, it was it was probably one of the worst weapons i've ever seen in a we'll call this a horror movie and I once watched a movie where they used a big black dildo as a weapon. So it's like, this is... <laughs> okay, so text me the name of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to know how this thing worked. How did he rip it, the ceiling fan out of the ceiling and then it still worked? <laughs> I don't it, get it. It shouldn't work. Uh, and then like, even if some miracle, like, okay, satanic superpower, like, you know, go, go gadget, you know. Devil juice. <laughs> exactly. Again, another scene in the first plower. The gift that keeps on a given. <laughs> Let's keep the jokes coming. Um, That's what she said. But it's like, even though it's like, I've literally put my hand in a ceiling fan. Like when I was a kid, like, you know, you, you're young, you're stupid. Your friends dare you to do stuff. It stopped the fan. Like, right. That's all it does. So it's like it, the, the fan's not going to be a viable weapon. I really wanted that story to end with. And that's how I lost my middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> Wah, wah. So Tess and Logan go into a room and block the door with a man sleeping in his bed, sleeping through all of this. So maybe he's recovering from a, an all-nighter. I don't know. They go out a window, down into the alley, just as Channing busts through the door, leaping over the guy in the bed. He he splits that door. I don't know how he knew there was a guy in the bed and he was able to Instead of just busting through the door, he knew to leap over the bed. I was like, okay, <laughs> whatever. I, I I mean, the way this movie kind of goes with some of the like overly done over the top scenes, like the fan thing we just saw, I would have loved it if he just would have like kicked the door down and just ripped the sleeping guy in half with his bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> so Logan and Tess commandeer this guy's car in the alley below, but instead of kicking him out, they just scooch him over to the middle. So he's in the car with them as they're fleeing. And here comes Channing flying out from above down and lands on the hood of the car. And this is the scene where you can really see that cable holding the stuntman. 
when you're looking up uh, from Logan's perspective through the windshield and here comes Channing right onto the hood of the car and you can see that's, that cable. That, yeah, that's that's the one. Like I, I thought I caught the cable in the other jump, but I could have just been like thinking of this scene in particular. It's, but the it's scene. just like you can see it, but it's done so well, especially because like by the time you notice it and he hits the car, there's a shock. And then I just I laugh because all three of them scream like little bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so the windshield gets busted. So, of course, that leads, you know, Channing is able to hang on now to the car on the lip there as Logan drives recklessly down the street into another alley through a trash dumpster, which obviously was a stunt dumpster because you can, if you pay attention, the back flaps open like a piece of fabric when he crashes through the dumpster. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Now, that's another one I need to go back and look at. Yeah. I'm telling you, when you watch these things with an eagle fucking eye, man, I was like, oh, how have I never noticed that? It's fabric. So Channing finally gets tossed off the car at this point. This is the scene that, to me, I'm surprised when they were talking about the goops and stuff, nobody caught. That was obviously a dummy. The way that everything, the way he falls and stuff, that is blatantly a dummy. Well, it would have to be because you'd have to be a dummy yourself to even do that. So they get out. And Logan (laughs) gives the guy whose car is basically totaled at this point a card and says, call Lieutenant Grimes and he'll take care of it. Um, Okay, first of all, you're not supposed to be on this case. You were taken off this case, sir. So what gives you the right to even commandeer? I feel like we need to be adding to this lawsuit. (laughs) This guy needs to get in on this with Tess and class action Logan's ass because... You took my car and trashed it, and you're not even on this case. Well, I mean, at this point, I think we know the class action lawsuit's not going to happen with Tess because her psychic abilities is telling her that, you know, she's going to eventually, she's going to get the pants off of him, but she's not going to sue the pants off of him. She's going to recreate a scene from the first power (laughs) with Logan. So they walk off down the street, and they stop at this little hot dog cart off to the side. And right in front of this guy that runs the cart, Tess tells Logan, Channing is clearly a spirit now who is possessing bodies. Logan looks over at the guy and says, oh, she just got out of the hospital. Okay. The scene, though, gets a little comedy button on it when the guy says, you might want to put her back in there. I freaking love this scene because how many times in movies do you see that where they're having this conversation about shit that doesn't exist or shouldn't be real and people are just walking by and it's like, like oh, it's just an everyday conversation. Finally, someone gets it. It's like, yeah, no, someone's going to look at him like, what the fuck are they talking about? You might want to put her back in there for one. Okay, so on the one hand, true, yes. And to your point, people say it all the time and nobody ever calls them on it. This guy calls them on it. Fucking that's what you'd be thinking. But also mental health let's not joke about that (laughs) but back in the 80s and 90s it was anything goes yeah i mean you got to make fun of stuff that that, that's the point of humor (laughs) you have to make fun of stuff so instead of getting a delicious hot dog from the street guy (laughs) they decide to walk off logan says why can i actually see channing instead of just the body he's possessing why can i see him tess says it's his game he likes to hide and then reveal himself if he wants to. I'd like to know how Tess knows that. (laughs) First of all, she's got to be just guessing. So Logan then asks Tess, what do I do? What do we do? 
And I actually appreciate that Tess, her character, doesn't have all the answers. That'd be too easy. She's like, I don't know. I just have a psychic connection with him. I don't know what to do. I appreciated that. Yeah, it's it's because so many times you see in these movies where it's like the psychic has all the answers like, oh, well, this is what we do. We've got to burn this incense and, you know, do this like weird dance or whatever kind of shit that they're going to do in the movie. And it, it gets mm-hmm. repetitive and sucky. Got to put on their goat leggings and thongs and do the dance of the Seder and everything's fine. I like that she didn't have those answers. I would have liked to have seen that scene, though. <laughs> so she says she's heard of a woman that she thinks might be able to help them. So off they go to visit Sister Marguerite from the beginning of the film. Once inside, Tess asks Sister Marguerite about the first power and if it's possible that an executed entity could have returned and is resumed killing, obviously talking about Channing. The sister says that the church doesn't allow her to discuss this issue. Logan says, I don't care. (laughs) Dick move. People are getting killed. I don't care. We need to talk about it. Like, come on, be a little sensitive, you hard-boiled asshole. It's the stereotypical 90s cop movie. you got to have that cop that's an asshole. But the great thing is that almost every cop in this movie is an asshole. So the sister says, forget it, I'm not talking to you. And she closes her door. (laughs) Good for her. So they leave and Logan snarkily asks Tess, so what's your next hot lead? Dude, fuck you. You should be lucky she had any idea of what might help at all, you dick. The fact that you don't know what to do and you're asking her for help, fuck you. That's how you know when you're really annoyed. It's not just a fuck you, man. It's a fuck you. Yes. (laughs) You drag that fuck out like it's incredible. Well, thank you. (laughs) Dragging out those fuck yous. (laughs) She's, you opened Pandora's box, bro. I don't know what to tell you. Is that the sequel to uh, The First Flower? Pandora's, Pandora's box? box. Yes. I'm sure that's a movie. I, I know that's got to be. <laughs> so Tess snaps back. They should just go get a drink. Let's go. Let's go to a bar. And I swear the look on Logan's face when Tess gives this bartender shit for watering down his drinks He looks like he just wants to bend her over on a bar stool right there and do her right there. I'm like, dude, that's not that hot. It's not that impressive, but okay, I guess you're easy. (laughs) I'm surprised we didn't get that scene. Of course, we were watching the wrong movie for that one. So they sit at a table. Tess brings up what she knows about Logan's father's death. And she's trying to get through to him, she says. He gets upset, says some really shitty stuff to her, and she just leaves. I'm like good for her. <laughs> Need this shit. I'm out. Peace out. Logan runs out after her, tells her he was an asshole. Finally, he admits it. I guess that's an apology. Some people don't like to apologize. They just like to admit when they're an asshole. Is that personal for you? Do, do you connect with Logan on that? <laughs> no, I just know several people that do that. Okay. So they get back in his car. Tess says they need to go to Channing's house. So they do. An old woman, we find out um, Channing's mother, or she says she's his mother, looking like Mrs. Bates. When she opens that door, I'm like, Norman's going to put her in the basement? Like, (laughs) this old lady. I believe that's Juliana McCarthy. Okay. 
That's the Did one I was telling. Her? Uh, well, she looked familiar to me. So I, when I look her up, that's the other one that I said, Hill Street Blues. That's so funny. Like there's there's literally so many people in this, in this that are from <laughs> Hill Street fucking blues. Well, now I'm I'm dying to know what connection I missed with uh, Robert Reznikoff, the writer director, and his connection to Hill Street Blues, or the, maybe the cast, be, his casting person. I would be curious because so many of them come from like '80s cop dramas and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Lipscomb, he was in like fucking every major. 80s tv show from like in the heat of the night highway to heaven greatest american he's like in everything i couldn't believe how much that guy did so she lets them in because logan lies and says that they're from the post doing a story about how maybe patrick was innocent so could they come in and talk to her and she's like sure so we learn that this is channing's grandmother she's the only living member left in the family Channing's mom died. Her husband died. So apparently he passed away younger. Patrick's mother passed away when he was just seven years old. She gets real defensive when Logan says Patrick was illegitimate because there was no father in the picture. Logan being a dick. (laughs) Tess asks if they can see Patrick's room and the grandmother agrees. So they go outside and around down to sort of a basement area under the house. Yeah, that was weird. I thought they were going out to like a, I had to watch that a couple of times to find out what where they were going. I didn't realize it was his room. So let's talk about this room for a minute. <laughs> Did you pay attention just to the room when they were showing the room? A little bit. I kind of saw it looked like a little girl's room. So, yes, the room has a clown painting in it, which was creepy, a little hobby horse, 1950s looking wallpaper of cartoon animals that looked kind of more feminine all over, just creepy wallpaper, stuffed dolls, lots of dolls, a nutcracker on the shelf, a a Humpty Dumpty desk lamp with a little porcelain rabbit. It looked very feminine. You're right. Like maybe it was Patrick's mom's room or something when she was little and they were just poor and when patrick was born they were like oh he can have this room now (laughs) yeah that's that's kind of what i got like it it did not look like a grown man's room and how creepy was everything between the clown and the dolls and the wallpaper it was like it it was creepy but the only thing that kind of threw me off is like it kind of felt like 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 almost like at some point when the script was written were they going to make him a child killer and like was that kind of because it, it felt like that like this like it felt like he would have been the kind of person who's going around to schools and killing kids not going out and killing uh adults i'm assuming he killed men before all this i don't remember them saying i hear what i hear what you're saying though about the kid thing yeah it seems like he'd be a weird creepy child mo child killer because his room breeds that like it's weird yeah so the grandmother says he was a happy child and very quiet and grew into a considerate young man Tess is clearly off in her own little world getting vibes or something as she's snooping around. She opens up this little jewelry box that obviously belonged to Patrick's mother. And she says out loud, she knows Patrick's grandfather was also his father that he molested his daughter. And grandmama looks shocked that they know this. And she wants to deny it immediately, of course. That was dark as hell. With the molesting the the daughter and the the daughter having the kid like that. I did not catch that the first viewing. 
because I mean, I had to watch this on like the fucking Roku channel. So like there'd be commercials and shit. And my fat ass thought like, oh, I can make it in like 14 seconds to go grab a snack and a soda and come back and still catch the rest of this movie. I mistimed that horribly. <laughs> so I missed that part. So when I went back, that's why I went back to watch it a second time. That really kind of shocked me that they put that in the movie. I didn't think they would do that. Yeah, I didn't see why it was necessary to the plot because there are lots of serial killers who aren't a product of incest and molestation. Why did that have to be a motivating thing? I, I didn't understand that. Yeah, it kind of made me think like, were they trying to go over the top? Like, oh, okay, well, not only is he a serial killer, but no, he's going to be the product of being molested and, you know, yeah. incest. So grandmother, like I said, wants to deny it. She obviously gets upset. And then all of a sudden she says she recognizes Logan. You're not from the post. You're the detective who killed my son. Again, I don't think he has that much power, that much responsibility, that he, but he, he did capture him. Yes. Well, see, now we know why he's such an asshole, because everyone assumes that he has so much power, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> Even he thinks he can do whatever he wants. So they run out as grandmother starts yelling this Oscar worthy burn in hell, not once, but twice. <laughs> yes, bitch, get it. Make the most of your screen time. So Tess runs off, Logan follows, and we see that they conveniently live, Patrick's family, right behind the plant where Patrick worked. Right there, right there by it. They run down inside under the tunnels, and I swear I was waiting for Ramon to pop up and <laughs> eat somebody. They find a spot where Tess says she gets some vibes that Channing, this was his special place. This is where he liked to come when he felt alone or whatever. They get interrupted by a city worker who tells them, you can't be down here, <laughs> first of all, but it's not safe. He tells them it's an unused part of the system ever since the earthquake in 77. But it still does work because a kid drowned down here a couple years ago. Foreshadowing much? <laughs> uh, I love this character. Aside from the hot dog vendor, this was like my favorite character because he seems so natural. And he's just like, especially when they were like, did you know this was like where the serial killer was? He's like, hey, dude, that was before my time. <laughs> you know what movie's bad and lost you when all the little tertiary characters are your favorites? I get drawn to these kinds of characters. So Tess suddenly says she senses Patrick and bloody pentagrams magically appear on her hands. Logan grabs her hands and he sees them too, but then they go away. Her hands are clear and they leave. We cut now to Sister Marguerite where she is caught stealing something in a box with a cross on it from uh, a, one of the priests like special libraries or room or whatever. And she says, he tells her it's theft. You're stealing. <laughs> she says, well, not if I'm going to use this item for its intended purpose. No, bitch, that's still theft. <laughs> that's still theft. And, and I, I'm pretty sure that he was not concerned about whatever it is she was trying to steal. I think it was like behind that box was like, you know, his subscription magazines of like Alter Boy of the Month and shit like that. So <laughs> he was worried that she was going to find his secret stash. So we find out stopping a disciple of Satan who's been granted the power of resurrection is what this mystery weapon in the box is for. We figured that already, but okay, thanks for telling us. <laughs> so Logan and Tess now take off and Tess says someone close to Logan will die next. 
And I thought to myself when she said that, who? We have not Jack, the cat. <laughs> oh, don't even start with that shit, man. We haven't seen anybody else in Logan's life. He has nobody. <laughs> No, that's true. They, I mean, pretty much the people that like are able to deal with them are already dead. So, right. That's why I'm like, how can there be somebody next? It's got to be the cat. Which would have been a great scene if you know she would have said that. And he just been like, oh shit, my pussy, and then had like go home and get the cat. Were you waiting for Jack to be possessed? I really was. I was hoping that was going to happen. Just the cat sitting on the bed and just being like, hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy boy. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> <laughs> so. In route now to a place Tess tells Logan to go, he gets a call from an officer, officer needed to respond. So he says, oh, great. We're just a few blocks away. Let's go. They were already headed in that direction. So how he doesn't put two and two together, that Tess's vibe of where to go and the mystery call of where to go are the same fucking place, but he doesn't figure that out. Well, to he be just... fair, he did need a psychic detective to figure out the whole case to begin with. So Right? How good can you be if you needed a psychic's help? Exactly. <laughs> So they get there and he tells Tess, stay in the car. And he grabs a shotgun and goes running into the building. Okay, <laughs> I'm going with it. Then we get a voice over the radio saying, officer needs assistance. And Tess is just waiting. She's looking at the radio like, okay. It changes to Channing's voice. And he says, you know which officer needs help, don't you, sweet cakes? <laughs> oh, come on. He needed to sound a little more menacing than that. Yeah, he he doesn't have he doesn't have the best menacing voice. He just sounds like it's almost like a Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger is not scary. He's just funny. That's kind of how I felt with this guy. So she gets out now and goes running inside to find Logan. Tells him she knows Channing is here because she just heard him on the radio. Just then, Channing's voice echoes through the empty warehouse. Piggy, piggy, spooky. <laughs> And then the only thing I could think besides I love that when he does that is we're in 1990, 1989 LA. There were a lot of abandoned warehouses. <laughs> this is like the fourth one they've used in this movie. What the hell? Sometimes I think like these criminal organizations just build a warehouse just to purposely abandon it. Be like, you know what? We don't have enough abandoned warehouses in this district. Let's just go build some more just so we have places for big epic fight scenes to happen. I was looking around for the crates that were hiding cars with people in them with guns, a la Darkman, just ready to attack. Well, that can only happen so many times because once you ruin that brilliant surprise, it can never happen again. <laughs> they, had to save, they had to save this for a specific special movie and Darkman was that movie. You did not use Darkman and Brilliant in the same fucking sentence. I totally did. It works. <laughs> so they go looking for Channing. Logan falls through a floor as rundown buildings will have, but this dipshit just runs, falls right through. Tess runs off and bumps into Channing. She holds that pentagram thing up to his face again, but this time it has no effect. So he grabs her hand and twists it and makes her drop it. And this is where I had the thought that you had earlier in the film. This is second time is when I go, now, wait a minute. Why did that even work the first time? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it should have been a cross or something. So she says, Patrick, you can't go on killing forever. And he goes, you want to bet? <laughs> I, I, I really like that line. That was a good line. <laughs> so he grabs her by the throat and then she slips out of it and runs off. He teleports around. 
boop, 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 just showing up like he's on Star Trek, in and out, outside. They go up onto a ledge, and he puts a knife to her neck. Now, every time Channing would vanish, would do the, like, disappearing act or whatever, did you have the same thing? You had the same thought, didn't you? Channing, vanish. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I did. I heard that in my head, you fucker. (laughs) You've put that in my head forever now. (laughs) Uh, My life is now complete. (laughs) Yes, you've done that to me every time. Yep. So Logan pops up. He and Channing tussle on this precarious ledge that they're on outside. Channing knocks Logan over the railing and he's hanging on and they're up really high. Tess manages to get a hit in with a pipe or something and hits Channing and he falls off the ledge. Another amazing stunt shot we see from down below, the stuntman falling and he gets impaled on a pipe. Well, let's just go ahead and say he got penetrated. (laughs) So Tess helped... I swear to God, we have to get through this. (laughs) So Tess helps Logan up. They go down to see that the body impaled on this pipe is Lieutenant Grimes. Channing possessed him. Wah, wah. Poor Grimey. Now here's my question. And I had this since the very first time I saw this movie. I've had this question for decades. But now that I have somebody I can actually ask, they know at this point, Tess and Logan, That Channing is possessing people to attack them. He's not just appearing corporeal all of a sudden. He's he's possessing bodies. You don't know if it's somebody necessarily that you know, or if it's a stranger, but it is a body, a human. Why are you attacking with the intent to kill this human? You're a cop. Why are you just willy-nilly killing people? You know it's not Channing. I Um, don't understand. I'm going to bring up what I said earlier. This is the LAPD. I don't think they're going to care. They're going to just shoot him and plant a gun on him and be like, oh, nope, self-defense. He did it. All right. We're going to have to go with that because (laughs) otherwise it makes no sense because you would think as a cop, he'd have to have regard for the human life. And he's just, he's, nope, I saw Channing. I killed him. Well, now it's Lieutenant Grimes, asshole. You just killed somebody you know. Because up until this point, the whole movie made sense. (laughs) (laughs) This was the part where it fell apart. They always have that, right? There's that one tipping point. (laughs) Sharks of the corn? Virus shark? Cocaine shark? Sharktopus? Yeah, those are all real movies. Join me, Steve Coates, as each week I take a comedic look at the bizarre world of sharksploitation cinema on Bucket of Chum, the shark movie podcast. This episode is brought to you by Truly Unique Jewelry. You're a -a one-of-a-kind, so it's unique, spelled Y-O-U-N-I-Q-U-E. With all of the jewelry options mass-produced for each season, you're left wanting more when it comes to pieces that showcase your individual style. Head over to trulyuniquejewelry.com and scroll through handmade one-of-a-kind options for every budget, with pieces starting under a dollar. Beautiful costume jewelry to fit every age and every budget. Custom orders are also available for no additional charge, and they flat rate ship so you can fill your jewelry box with matching pieces for every outfit in your closet for one shipping fee. From earrings to bracelets to necklaces, even rosaries and combination sets. Cost is no longer a barrier to having the looks that you want that scream uniquely you. Go to the Facebook page for Truly Unique Jewelry for updates and discount information when you follow the page. Feel good about supporting a small business while you're updating and expanding your jewelry collection, adding pieces for every occasion. 
Visit trulyuniquejewelry.com. And remember, it's unique spelled Y-O-U-N-I-Q-U-E. And now, back to the show. So Logan's uh, superiors and some other cops show up, and Al Perkins here gives Logan a pass, a free pass for what just happened. Even though he wasn't on this case, he gets a free pass, and Logan says, I just need some more time. Whatever that means, because you're not on this case. (laughs) What do you need more time for? I almost expected Al to be like, letting him off. Okay, that's it. Damn it. You get to kill one cop for free. Just one. After this, you're fucked. So Al doesn't believe that Grimes would try to hurt Logan or anybody or that he belonged to a satanic cult or any of that. And Logan says, well, I just need more time to figure it out. And he gets to go. Off you go. Free pass. (laughs) So Logan and Tess go to Logan's apartment now. And outside the building on the street, there's a homeless lady, which they refer to as a bag lady. I would just call her a hobo (laughs) or a bum, but she's a bag lady here. They put a dollar in her hands. She's sleeping and they go upstairs to his apartment. Before we get any further, I can't find her name, but she was the one. Uh, The connection to the turkey verse. Yeah. She was Margaret in Jingle All the Way. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. She was, in, she was in a couple other things that I'd seen. I was like, oh, shit, I don't know. I, I kind of know who she is because I've seen her. And then okay. I saw Jingle all the way. Okay. I don't remember uh, her, but she looks very different in this. I would not have pegged that. To me, I thought it was just like a random extra or something. I had no idea. So inside the apartment now, Logan and Tess are stressing out. And Tess sits down and she's like, ah, what do we do? What do we do? Logan goes and grabs a like a shoebox from his closet and opens it up. And there's miscellaneous. There's two grenades, hand grenades and like miscellaneous wires and shit. And he's all a buddy of mine was on the bomb squad and he gave this to me for a rainy day. Um, That's not how that works. I'm pretty sure that's not how any of that works. <laughs> no, but it's nice to know that if you have a buddy on the bomb squad, you can just be like, hey, can I get a couple of grenades, maybe a little C4? You know, like I, I'm planning a party this weekend. Hook me up. We want it to be the bomb. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's fucking Ooh. stupid, right? Uh, grenades in a shoebox. Come on. That is a horrible place to hide your your weapons is in a shoebox. Like that's the first thing. Whenever you go into anybody's room, what do you go for? The shoebox. Because you know that's where all the good shit is. I don't know because I don't snoop. (laughs) Okay, that's a lie and we all know it, but you know. I was going to say, I can smell the bullshit from here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I can't even do this with a straight face because I'm like, who the fuck just has a shoebox of grenades? Because their buddy just gave them some. Like, there's so many questions. (laughs) (laughs) And the fact that she doesn't even ask about it. She's just like nonchalant. Like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Not like, the fuck are you? Like, what kind of psycho has a shoebox full of, like, mass explosives here? (laughs) The the cute kind that are detectives. So Tess does ask, though, the question that I just asked you. Uh what do we do if Channing keeps possessing these people? Are we just going to keep killing innocent people? It's just going to go on and on. Thank you. Yes, that's what you're doing. You're just killing. He jumps from one body to another. You're just killing people willy-nilly, left and right. And of course, leave it to a woman to ruin a man's good time. 
they argue about that for a minute, but then they switch to standing over by the window and making out. <laughs> they kiss. This is exactly where I thought we were going to get the, the first flower was right here. I, <laughs> I thought for sure someone was getting bent over him or her. Someone was getting bent over. So that's what I guess you do in a stressful situation is when you have no answers is you just make out. You're like, fuck it. <laughs> we're just going to do this for a while. You know, sometimes I do that. I'm, I'm at Walmart. I get stressed out. They don't have like the cheese that I want or whatever. And I just grab the first random old person that's in the aisle with me. And just start making out with them. I like you have to add it's an old person. <laughs> what does that have to do here? You're so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> also, I take offense to that because I'm in the <laughs> over 50 category now. <laughs> All right, so they hear a noise in the apartment. Logan goes to investigate with his grenades, no doubt. Then the homeless lady, the bag lady, comes twirling up in front of that window outside and is mocking Tess because she's standing there looking at this like she cannot fucking believe that this lady is hovering outside this upper story window. It was a weird, it made me think of two things. One, I called it before it even happened. When they walked by, I was like, oh, that bitch getting possessed. I knew that was happening. The second thing was like, when they start doing that, my mind immediately went to, I think it was um, the vampire one where they're hanging outside, they're outside the window. Salem's Lot? That, okay, that's it. Yeah, where they're outside the Buffy, window. Buffy the Vampire Slayer has it. But that's right, Buffy's got it. Uh, but it's like, that's exactly what it reminded me of is that scene where they're like up there floating okay. and you're just like, what the fuck's going on? So Tess does nothing when the bag lady comes crashing through the window and attacks Logan. She just watches as they have this huge fight in the living room. He breaks free and he and Tess run off. They get in his car and start to speed off. But the bag lady pops up in the back seat of the car. So not only has he possessed her, he's teleporting now again. She gets into the front seat and she gets on his lap. And is causing him to swerve all over the highway. And then they hit the back of a, tr a car on a tow truck. And they flip so violently through the air and crash. I could not believe it that Russ gets out of the car. Logan, I call bullshit. He has a single bloody head wound. Nothing that, else. That was the most unbelievable thing. And a movie about basically demonic soul possessing people. This was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. No, that's, that's just fucking, like, all three of them would have been dead. Well, that's the thing. He gets out, and it's just him. Tess and the bag lady are nowhere to be found. But I still, so, I'm like, you don't fucking walk away from that. That's like uh, Billy Zane and Demon Knight, just, like, getting out of that violent crash and walking over like everything's fine. Like, dude, no way. No. So I, I just thought about it. So it's like, so not only can he teleport... But apparently he can teleport with other people or something. So it's not just Channing yeah. Vanish, it's Tess Vanish. <laughs> so next, Logan, still in his same bloody accident clothes, with his head wound still gaping and bloody. No ambulance showed up. He didn't go to the hospital. I call bullshit. He goes to see Sister Marguerite in this condition, says Channing took Tess and I need help. She tells Logan about the three powers and how they can be bestowed upon someone by God or Satan. I like this little bit because we get a little bit of explanation, you know, of kind of like what's happening. I love Sister Marguerite. She was probably my favorite character outside of Channing. She just was cool. Usually nuns are always badasses in movies, so. So the third power 
is apparently the ability to take over another person's body. The second power, i.e. a psychic, they have the gift of knowing the future. And the first power is resurrection and immortality. Now, I was confused because she makes it a point at the beginning to say that God or Satan will bestow these powers. She also points out that the second power is what Tess has. She's a psychic, a legit one. I was like, oh, God bestowed that power on her and didn't tell her. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't want to claim it. He was just like, no, no, this is going to be like a secret Santa gift. It's like, here, you be a psychic and have some fun. The Oprah of the, he's like, you get some powers and you get some powers, <laughs> but nobody gets to know that that's why they have it. I was confused by the third power is the taking over someone's body. And then the first power is resurrection. So technically Channing's got two fucking powers. Well, I would say probably all of them, but yeah, at least the first and third. Well, plus I, I don't, I don't count him with the second one because we don't see him like, you know, on a street corner with a turban or whatever, with some cards being like, Hey, I'll tell your future. Come on, buddy. Deck of tarot cards. And he's trying to tell the future. Yeah. So Logan says, I don't understand any of this. I just need to help Tess. Like, well, bitch, open your ears. <laughs> She's trying to explain it to you. So Sister Marguerite says there's only one way to stop Channing. She pulls out the box that she stole <laughs> and she hands a very large crucifix of Jesus on the cross dagger <laughs> to him and says, this is the only way to stop someone with the first power. She says only one person in history has had all three of these powers, and that was Jesus Christ. So that's how they're making sense of how this is the weapon that will kill him, etc. That makes sense. But the, the two things I'm thinking of are one, I, I called the Jesus dagger. I knew that was coming. I was like, oh, oh, here we go. Jesus dagger, Jesus dagger. Yes, that was awesome. I love me a good Jesus dagger. Those are so fucking cool. The other thing I kind of thought was like, okay, well, if this is tied to Jesus, then I wouldn't think a cross would be the thing that would kill him. Like the powers, like, wouldn't you need nails? Yeah. It's you're trying to make sense of this now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Don't like, do like that. that's someone's here has got to be the logical one for this part. Okay. So I, I, I'm just assuming like you would nail the guy. There's power. Stop setting that up, man. You are teeing that shit up for me. Nail him. Nail him. <laughs> oh my God. They're going <laughs> to plunge that dagger into him. So the two of them go into that water tunnel and it's the same one from earlier in the film. They come across Tess tied up on the floor with a pentagram on candles. The bag lady falls from above onto Logan and they tussle some more. And then Sister Marguerite grabs the bag lady, but we see her quickly. It's a quick shot. She gets stabbed. Sister Marguerite does. So the bag lady grabs Logan. He shoots her a few times and then once right between the eyes, taking her out <laughs> once and for all. That made me sad because of the fact that of all the people he possessed, the bag lady was my favorite. I loved her. She was so great. Magically, Sister Marguerite is fine, we see. After I'm like, wait a minute, didn't she just get stabbed? She helps Logan and Tess. They're, they're going to get up through the tunnel. She lights the pentagram on fire <laughs> as they're leaving, burning that bag lady up because she's laying down there. Tess says she feels Channing is still there. Which makes sense because <laughs> you haven't killed him yet. Exactly. I, I love the fact that it takes a nun to be the smartest one to realize like, hey, let's dispose of the body. Yeah. No, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Apparently she's got some shit in her, her past that like no one knows about. Like this isn't her first time of disposing a body. <laughs> this isn't her first rodeo. No. 
So Logan says, I got to go back for sister Marguerite. She didn't come with us or whatever. So he starts to go back through the tunnel and he sees her laying there and her head pops up. She's all <laughs> in Channing's voice. Gee, thanks, Russ. And they fall back down. He, She grabs Logan and they fall back down into that room that's on fire. Now, all I can think is this was like reshoot because they wanted to have this exciting slam bang finish. So they added more to this. And now the rest of what we get is this big drawn out thing to make it more dramatic. That's kind of what, because this is about the point where I start to kind of tune out a little bit. Cause I'm like, okay, up until this point, the movie's going really quick. It's fast. It's inter it's entertaining, interesting. And then it, it suddenly becomes an action flick. Okay. When is the rock going to show up? <laughs> yeah. To me, it was like, why didn't they just put that dagger into the bag lady and end it right there? They probably did. And then the studio went, well, that wasn't very exciting. Let's do some more. <laughs> it was either that or I'm thinking like either ended with like one of those four, the bag lady, Logan, Tess, or Marguerite. One of those four got stabbed with the dagger. I'm assuming yeah. is the original ending. So Sister Marguerite gets the gun after kicking Logan between the legs, right in the junk. <laughs> Not in sweet baby Louie. Tess comes back into the room. Logan asks Channing, who is in Sister Marguerite, now obviously possessed her, if the first person he killed was his father slash grandfather, trying to get in his head and rattle him. That Clearly was, it was, works. Yeah, that got to him. I, I just love the fact that you actually get through saying that uh, Channing was in Sister Marguerite without throwing in a first uh, plower joke. I tried so hard and you just <laughs> completely took that all away from me. So thank you. <laughs> So Logan says to the sister, you're stronger than Channing. Fight. You can beat him. And to her acting credit, you can see on her face, she's having a struggle. Her and Channing in her struggling, like in her to possess her, like she's trying to beat him. You can see it all on her face. Great job. She raises the knife, the Jesus crucifix knife and stabs herself and suddenly falls to the side and boom, there's Channing standing there. He says, it's just you and me, buddy boy. So my question is, huh? So maybe this was the Hollywood, this was the ending. And Hollywood studio said, no, no, no. Sister Marguerite can't sacrifice herself and drop to the floor. And that's the end. That's not enough. We need Channing to appear and fight Logan some more. We need to see Channing die. I could see that because... If it was the if it was before that, then it would have worked as the movie. It would have been like, okay, this this is kind of cool. I I, I kind of get this. After this, then it does turn into like the action flick that really feels out of place. Also, because it doesn't make sense with the rest of the power. We we've had this movie, the powers explained to us ad nauseum by Sister Marguerite and everybody else how this all fucking works, and then all of a sudden, poof, Channing is in corporeal form, not possessing somebody. Like what? I didn't even I didn't even think about that. That's how checked out of this ending I was that I didn't even put any thought into that process. I was just like, oh, this is happening. All right, let's see where it goes. Yes, this reeks of studio interference, I think. Even though Lou Diamond Phillips, to me, I looked him up. He's 5'11". He's very lean. He's skinny and lean. Patrick appears to tower over him, which is weird. I didn't look up how tall Jeff Kober is. I should have. He's probably not that much taller. But he's just so buff and, and wide shoulders, like, like a football player stature kind of. 
So to me, this was a good uh, shot because he looks like he's 10 times bigger than Lou Diamond Phillips, but he's tall. He's 5'11 LDP. So good job there making him, you know, Channing look so um, lumbering and, and scary. Like he's really towering over him. They did a good job with that because it did look like, although I did think like, okay, how the hell is Logan going to fight this demonic thing? This thing's like a superhuman, like how the hell is this cop going to beat him? None of that made sense to me. Yeah. So Channing and Logan brawl. They wind up in a water tank area. So Tess comes in, turns the wheel, the water alarm sounds, and here comes the water. Channing gets knocked down and grabs Tess, dragging her with him, and they get washed away down the tunnel system. It felt so much like Goonies level fun to me, where they're like, woo, through the tunnel, like they're just having the best time. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't look scary at all. You're just like, oh, I want to go on that. God, that'd be so cool. And Logan jumps in and follows them. They all fall out into an opening and get deposited on a platform with a grate. So all the water goes away and it's just them. And below them is a large bubbling pit of acid. What? What? <laughs> it's because they built it. They're just waiting for uh, Jack Napier to show up and fall into it and become the Joker. I mean, that's the whole reason this thing exists. You got to have them strategically placed throughout the country in case someone wants to become the Joker. So the dagger pops into frame, but falls off the platform as Logan comes flying in. He and Channing tussle some more. Tess falls off and she's hanging on to the ledge. <laughs> Channing burns Logan's face with a lighter. I, I, okay, I guess. And it makes him fall into the acid bath. That is so anticlimactic. It's not even fucking funny. Then Channing screams as Logan tosses that lighter into the acid for a terrifically huge explosion. <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh, that, I have so many problems with that explosion. Number one being they're on a fucking grate that's not that high, like away from the where the explosion is going to happen. What kind of protection are these people going to have from the huge fucking fireball that's coming up? That grate's not going to do shit. I'm with it, you. Uh, they dropped uh, into the fetal position and curled up, so I guess they're fine. <laughs> uh, apparently, stop, drop, or roll works for something. I don't know. Damn you for turning me into you. <laughs> <laughs> so they climb down, and of course, Channing, on fire, leaps out of this acid bath, and then he the flames stop he's he's fine and as he's walking toward logan with half his hair and like face burnt and missing i was thinking he reminded me of like chucky <laughs> after he gets burned half his head <laughs> i could say it i could say it logan grabs the crucifix dagger and or is getting ready to stab channing and then turns into sister marguerite so just as two uniform cops come running in and they're like, drop the knife because they see him hovering over a nun going, help me, don't stab me, Logan. You know, they shoot at him. He stabs her. A light comes shooting out of the wound. The cops come down and they see Channing's body is laying there. It's not Sister Marguerite. My question again was with this Hollywood bullshit studio ending. How? How? I don't know. That was just... 
Thanks for ruining that, the movie, studio idiots. <laughs> they really did. Because, I mean, up until this point, this movie was a lot of fun. I was getting into it, and it went really quick. I had great pacing. I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I see why you like it. And then I got to the end, and I was like, what the fuck did you make me watch? Yeah, the end, believe me, it pisses me off, too. It always has. And I, now that I did the research, though, decades later, I see why the ending is what it is. The studio said, eh, do something else. So now we fade out and then up on Logan in the hospital and he's out tubes all down his face and whatnot. And he's sleeping. Tess is there. She, of course, we get a jump scare moment because he sits up in the bed like he's going to attack her, like he's chanting. And then we see that she's just dreaming. She's sitting in the chair dreaming and he's out. And then we fade out and we hear Channing say in voiceover, see you around, buddy boy. That's fine. One little creepy thing at the end, but I don't see how that's possible because he's gone. Fade to black, roll credits, the end. That is the first power. Not to be confused with the first plower, which had a much messier ending. <laughs> Was it a happy one? <laughs> All right. Anything you want to throw in before we jump to three questions? Yeah, there's a couple things. I, I do want to point out, like when I was looking at the trivia stuff, um, I thought it was kind of cool that this was NWA rapper Easy E. This was his favorite movie. Really? Yep. That's what I had on IMDb. I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, I got to ask, did it bother you? Because I remember during the movie, Tess explains to him why he's able to jump into people. And it's like, oh, because they have these problems like alcohol or, you know, whatever the hell's going on in their life. Like they have these flaws. So he can get into them. Vulnerable people who are like junkies or alcoholics. Yeah. So how the fuck does he get into a nun and a priest? So he got into the nun because she had been stabbed. Her body was compromised. She was weak. Because that's when I questioned, wait a minute, the bag lady stabbed her? Yeah, she stabbed her because that's how Channing was able to get in her body. And then what was the other one? The priest uh, in the confessional. He just made it up. There wasn't one at all. Remember when Logan opens it real quick to look, there's nobody in there. That was Channing pretending there wasn't a priest. Okay. Well, because like when you look at it, it looks like they're the priest because that's why I made the Obi-Wan joke because he's got the beard. Yeah. It, Channing's just fucking with him, making him okay. see that, I guess. Okay. So that, that needed a little bit more clarification because I honestly thought he possessed a priest. Yeah. No. <laughs> all right. You want to jump to three questions? Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If you could recast this movie or change something about it, what would you change? Uh, obviously, I'm going to go with the ending. Give it the original ending, something a little bit more fitting to this movie. Uh, I would also change some of the martial arts like scenes because there was a lot of flips and kicks that Channing did that I was like, oh, okay, now that he's affiliated with Satan, apparently he knows fucking Kung Fu or something. What the hell happened Wait, here? That That's not how that works? No, that's not how it works. <laughs> the, the turtles didn't worship Satan that I know of. I probably would recast Tess because I don't have a problem with her, but I think you probably could have found somebody a little bit more emotionally there for the role. I feel like she just wasn't, she didn't want to do it. So for me, I came up with two actresses I would have maybe liked to have seen better. 1989, Lori Petty, right before her League of Their Own, you know, stuff. Or Deborah Goodrich, the blonde 80s. She was in April Fool's Day, just one of the guys. Um, one of them, I think, maybe would have been done well. Also, I would recast, God, I love you, LDP, but I would recast you in this. He did not come across as hard-boiled detective to me at all. I would have liked to have seen 1989 Michael Madsen or somebody of that ilk. That would have been interesting. Um, yeah, because they weren't believable to me 
as the type they were cast as. I mean, they did a good job, I suppose. <laughs> With that kind of a cop, I would have pictured um, like almost like the late great Tom Sizemore would have been like that kind of a role because like that, that kind of asshole cop. He was so good at that that that's kind of what you pictured with something like that. Eric Roberts would have been intriguing. Um, yes, now we're now we're on the the train there. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Something like that because LDP was too sweet, tiny, and baby faced to pull this off. I thought, but. I still yeah, love him he, anyway. Yeah, he, he really felt out of place in this role. All right. And of course, we're not touching the villain. Jeff Kober has to be Channing. I would not recast that at all. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I'm not going to touch him, but I'm sure you want to touch him all you want. That, that, that's your business. You handle that. <laughs> not going to lie. He's pretty sexy in this. You know, serial killer, incest, molesting, Satan shit aside. <laughs> He's pretty sexy. I was going to say, thanks for clearing that part up because I had so many questions. <laughs> All right. Question two. You've seen a lot. I don't know if you've seen all the ones I'm going to throw at you here in a second, but where does this movie rank for you among the other movies that are similar in the occult killer category? For me, uh, there was the Night Stalker movie in 02. There was Blood Feast in 63, Borderland in 07 from Mexico. There was Fear.com in 02 and of course fallen with denzel washington in 1998 are some that kind of stand out to me as similar to this in theme where do you think this ranks among these kinds of of movies and have you seen any of those do you think this is similar uh i've only seen fallen of the ones you've named i've no i know of fear.com i don't believe i've ever watched it if i did it did not stand out to me so then maybe comparing just to Fallen and movies similar to Fallen. See, like when I was watching it, I was getting a, like I said, Fallen vibe. I was also getting vibes off of like uh, the Prophecy, the one with Christopher Walken. Yes, um, good call. There was some vibes coming off of that. I kind of compared it to those. And compared to those for me, yeah, it's at the bottom of the list. But I think it's at the bottom of the list because like I said, there's a few things that didn't work where the prophecy not a perfect movie i I love it to death it's a great film but it's there's so many things i can pick apart with it uh, even acting wise but it works it's like they picked the right people for that kind of project like you said this one lvp did not fit in this movie he was fine but you could think of so many people that would have done better yeah i'm with you this one falls sort of to the bottom of the list of the great movies to compare it to prophecy and, and fallen are definitely far superior films for multiple reasons casting on point the writing much better yeah so you're saying this is not your dark man then no it's really not but it's gonna always for all the reasons we've discussed hold a place in my heart forever all right question three we had the three powers laid out for us right sister marguerite says we've got possession psychic abilities and resurrection those are the three powers if you could add a power what would you want? What would you put on this list? What would you personally want? Are you sure you really want me answering this question? I'll go first. I want wrath of God lightning fingers because I'm going to be petty. If somebody takes my parking space, zap, there goes your bumper. Somebody cuts me off in traffic, zap, there goes your mirror, your mirror, your, your side mirror, <laughs> zap, you know, somebody uh cuts cuts me off in line in the grocery store zap i'm cooking your apples i want lightning fingers just so i can you know somebody's smoking waving their cigarette in my face zap you're gonna lose a thumb like that there goes your cigarette 
You know, just I want to be able to just zap people petty left and right that piss me off. Wrath of God, lightning fingers. That's mine. Uh, Darth movie mist. I know uh, it's petty. I'll admit it. <laughs> okay, that that makes sense. Um, I got two in mind that I can think. I mean, obviously, the first one that pops on my mind is water to wine, because then, you know, party never stops. You're just like hanging out. Everyone's drinking like, oh, my God, we're out of we're out of wine. We have no alcohol to drink. You know, you're just like, hey, turn the faucet on. I got your ass covered. That would be a lot of fun. That's You'd be like the hit of the party. My dark twisted ass is going to be, I like the whole, I mean, I, I do like the resurrection, but I like the idea of being, instead being able to bring other people back oh. because that would be the ultimate party trick. You know, there is the Micmac burial ground I can show you later if you want to <laughs> bring people back. <laughs> yeah, but the way I want to do it is a lot more fun. You know, just randomly stroll into like somebody's funeral and be like, oh, look at grandma. Is she dead? Bat. Oh, look, I just brought grandma back and then kill her again. And then just be like, that'll be $300. So you would use your power for good and evil simultaneously. <laughs> exactly. You're a dick. I, I am. <laughs> just call me LDP because I'm a dick. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, so that's going to wrap up our discussion on The First Power. If anyone is interested in checking it out, and please, please do, and let us know what you think on our socials. You can watch it for free at the time of this recording on Tubi. Also, pay streaming on Amazon Prime. So I want to thank you for joining me today. I'm so glad that we were able to laugh our way through this because I was worried you were going to hate me. <laughs> no, we, we got a lot of great jokes. And, and I do want to remind people that are going to look for The First Power make sure you type it in right because you do not want to see the first plower. It's going to be on different. It, it depends. It depends how much you're really into that kind of stuff. <laughs> all right. We want to thank you all for listening. And on that note, we will see you all next time. Goodbye. Piggy, piggy. See you around, buddy boy. I doubt it. Hey listeners, Movie Miss here saying we know you have a lot of options when it comes to podcasts. So we want to thank you so much for listening to ours. Please make sure to find us on our socials and join us. Be part of our bad movie conversations. We want to chat with you. We're on Facebook with an official page as well as a Let's Talk Turkeys discussion group where you can talk with other like-minded individuals who like bad movies. We're on Instagram at Let's Talk Turkeys. Our Twitter handle is at Gobble Podcast. That's G-O-B-B-L-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And of course, you can always email us direct. We would love to get suggestions from you of movies you would like us to cover. If you want to be a guest on the show, we would love that. So directly, that's Let's Talk Turkeys, all one word, at yahoo.com. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.